0: Hello and welcome to the team building show for Canadians. I'm your host, Sandy McKay and here at the team building show, it's our mission to create high level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And before we get rolling, a quick reminder, go over to our website, TeamBuildingShow.ca. show.ca. You'll be able to pick up uh, or able to subscribe to our email list there. So you never miss an episode and uh, get access to any, anything else we got going on our webinars or shows or whatnot, as we, uh, as we build this thing up, uh, get a, a lot of other content as we roll it out as well there and uh, like our facebook page because if you're watching on facebook you obviously know uh, that we we do air these live on facebook and and youtube as well uh and uh, go su- subscribe r- leave us a review rating etc on itunes we'd love to hear some feedback and um whether that's itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, go leave us something so we can uh, continually grow this and it does help us get it out to more listeners across the country who can uh, share and, uh, and grow their business through this great content. And, uh, really excited today to uh, bring on another amazing guest. And we have with us here, Sarah Logue Hi. from, uh, Remax Escarpments out of, uh, Burlington primarily, right? Correct. Awesome. So Burlington, Ontario, that is if you're listening from somewhere and don't know where that is. um, Sarah, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you here. And uh, you've got an amazing business you built up. Uh, Why don't you help us uh, understand a little bit more about you and and how you got in the business maybe and how you've developed your business to where it is today.
1: Sure. Um, I started uh, in the States and um, on the commercial side. And when I moved um, back to Burlington to sort of be with my husband, have children, it was an easy transition or I thought it was going to be an easy transition to go into residential real estate. Um, but it was really busy and it, it was a definite learning curve on sort of hiring those first people and then expanding your hires and then, you know, hiring admin, hiring, you know, enough staff to support your agents. Um, and one of my first hires was my husband, um, which was a good move. (laughs) People (laughs) always ask me if it was a good move or not. It was a good move. Um, and we basically grew the business from my license to, I think now, we just hired one more, so that'll put us at eight licenses and five admin. Awesome. So we're small but mighty.
0: Mighty for sure. Because uh, talk about some of the numbers. You've... Oh, by the way, before I get to that, my wife actually hired me when we met too. So that's kind of funny. Oh, that's um, cute. Not we <laughs> weren't women. We, we weren't husband and wife at the time, but uh, but yeah, um, interesting. Interesting how that that's uh, that's uh, both our stories a little bit there. And yeah. uh, I think she she made a good hire, I guess, at the time too. Um, <laughs> talk about some of your numbers cause you do a lot of business.
1: Um, yeah, we, we really do focus on the listing side and I think that's just my own personal compulsion because it's about the challenge of getting the listing for me, uh, more than anything. And it took me a long time to hire even another listing agent because I had such control issues around it. And I know that's a question I get asked a lot is people really do want to know how do you switch from being just the listing agent and just having buyer agents to incorporating another listing agent. Um, And I I do have to accredit that to actually setting up a listing structure and a listing system so that I knew or I had the security of knowing that person sitting in that seat was preaching the same language and the same package that I was preaching. Um, So numbers wise, I mean, we run around 200 deals a year and um, we always typically run 60 to 65 percent of them as listings and the rest is buys.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's a big business in the market that has a, a fairly good price point, as far as um, uh, you know what the average price point is. There, what, what would be the average that you do uh, price point wise? Our
1: average to. sold for uh, this year is sitting at one million one twenty-two. When last year we finished out at just under a million one.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's a, a dream for a lot of people across Canada <laughs> to get into that type of market um, and do two hundred we- deals. So it's awesome.
1: It's weird because I think I think of a million dollars such a an entry level now like it's horrible. But I sit with I mean fabulous people and they're like, "Well, we've got a million dollar budget." I'm like, "Great, we're just starting." Um, <laughs> so it's it's a weird concept to have to explain to people if you're buying Burlington or Oakville that a million dollars is your is your start for a lot of things.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's uh, even for that market. I mean, it's it's probably doubled in the last. Well, it would be less than 10 years for sure. I Absolutely. Think, right?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're hitting these 10 to 14% climbs in some of our neighborhoods like week by week right now.
0: So talk about how, how long did it take you to build that up to where you are today? Um, obviously, coming back, you were in uh, the US working in real estate in the US. So you did mm-hmm. have some experience there. But coming back here, well, actually, just maybe at the beginning, you know, what was it like starting from scratch? you know, having some some background, but really starting from scratch. How did you do that? And what, you, ha, what you have to do
1: like? what you hear from everything right you have to start with the people you know and start building your database so it is about who are the people around you and you know what advice can you give them and what information i always say to new agents what information can you bring to the table because everyone can stand there and be like oh i'm going to show you this great new listing but what information are you going to provide that buyer or seller that's different than the next guy so we really built it on relationships So our clients felt very comfortable with us during the transaction, but then we'd go above and beyond post-transaction to make sure everything in the house was satisfactory, whatever their next steps with the house were, the community, whatever they needed to fit into that community and get that dream neighborhood feel, we continued that relationship. And I think when I ran our numbers last year, we were still running at 77% of our clients were referral-based. Wow. Yeah.
0: Is that, is that always been the case? Like 75 plus percent referrals? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I I love it. It's, but uh, the one thing I always look at the end of every month is, is there been a mistake that I haven't corrected? And for me, a mistake can be as simple as someone moved in and their dishwasher didn't work. Well, I make sure it works. Right. That sounds simple, but it's just all those little pieces that keep people connected to you. I think it was Gene rivers that once said, The biggest disappointment people have is once you've sold their house, they never hear from you. And I think as agents, we get so busy on creating that next opportunity or solving the next problem for the next person that we forget that that huge funnel standing behind us and people that already love us or trust us.
0: So why don't we talk about that a little bit about your repeat and referral system um you know you talk about liking to have processes and systems how has that developed over the years in terms of you know i'm I'm sure you're not doing that all 100 yourself at this point no um, no i,
1: used to, try. I definitely <laughs> used to try no we have um client care manager and then she has a staff member as well so we do have database follow-ups whether it's like look what just sold on your street here's a general cma for the year Um, Happy Valentine's Day. Here's the hottest color, whatever the the piece of information we want to share with them, we share it in an email, a text. And then often, a lot of people are getting a call from me for an event, whether well, it used to be real life events. Now they're online events.
0: And are you how many of those calls do you make personally? Like, have you is that been something you've been pretty purposeful over the years and actually being the one personally making those calls and contacts?
1: Yeah, Uh, um, that's one thing I
0: know agents don't typically, maybe they do it okay for a little bit, and then they lose, they lose track, they lose time to make that happen, right? But it's a huge piece to generating referrals is actually getting it, yeah, you content. have to
1: get on the phone, you have to talk to people, or you have to be in front of people. And right now, when we can't be in front of people, you have to get on the phone. So one of the stats that I noticed for myself is um, 2019, I'd spend anywhere from three to six minutes on the phone. Now I spend 17 to 23 minutes on the phone. So it's killer amount of time absorption, but you have to make them purposeful calls, right? Like everyone gets trapped into, oh, how's the homeschooling going? How's this going? How's this going? But at the end of the day, you've got to bring it back to point, right? If you're going to spend 23 minutes on the phone with someone, you're either getting a referral, selling their house, buying an investment property, like something's coming out of that conversation. So if I'm making a call, there is a purpose behind it. it doesn't mean there's not a goodwill to it, but there is a purpose behind it.
0: Well, we're lucky to be in an industry where it's a pretty hot topic regardless, right? So I think generally, I find if you're calling someone, maybe it's not about real estate, but it turns into real estate.
1: And And I've said that my entire career. There's not a party or a grocery store or a book club signing that you can't go to that someone's not talking about real estate.
0: Absolutely. It's easy. Is that something that differentiates you, you think, is just the fact that you're making calls like that? Like, is that where your business built from? Is it that simple? Or is there more to... Um, creating that experience to making people want to come back to you over and over again.
1: I think it's, I mean, you have to have sincerity behind it, right? You can't just be making those calls to check the checkbox and say, i made my 20 calls today. If you're not truly interested in what's happening with that person on the other end of the line, you're going to lose legitimacy in the conversation and they're going to feel it. So yeah, staying true to making those calls for sure, but having the legitimacy and the concern and right now the empathy behind them is what makes them stick.
0: Yeah, empathy is definitely a big word for uh, for the times we're in. Yeah. Have you uh, noticed or had any challenges along the way in terms of having your team now kind of have that same sincerity as they're doing? I'm I'm assuming they're doing some version of the same activities you've done.
1: Yeah, they're they're at a disadvantage, right? Because often they don't have the personal connection. It doesn't matter how many notes I make. They don't know that, you know, little Billy went to school with little Sam and They've known each other for 13 years. So some of that personal connection can be hard. And that's where we have to fill in with information that's relevant versus just the personal connection. Mm-hmm. So that's been a challenge for sure.
0: Um, what's your what is there like a do you have a specific farming area or a specific neighborhoods that you really work on or are really known for? Um, yeah. Or, or is it all over the place in, in Burlington and Oakville or, or what does that look like?
1: Well, I find the neighborhood we live in um, is knows us very well and the neighborhoods surrounding us. They're also all neighborhoods we've lived in, so it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but we do work all over the place. And what I've been trying to do with our team is build up those little bubbles with our agents. So if I have an agent who has great strength in Hamilton, where you are, then I'm going to build their bubble and their network around them. And that's what I did as a personal agent. So I try to make my team members not just about being mini Sarah and Chris Logues, but why is Scarlett Stretti so brilliant in Oakville? Well, she lived there. She knows the area, right? She knows the clientele. Um, we try to build their little reps in their pockets.
0: And um, how, so on that note, you know, adding agents and having, you know, you've built up, uh, uh, you know, he's small but mighty, but you've, you've, I missed You know, looking back a few years, um, were you doing a lot more deals yourself and then kind of transitioned out of that? Or you're still very, I know you're still active. Are you really very active in the whole whole side of it? Listings and buyers or just listings?
1: um, I, I don't deal with a ton of buyers because they're, they tend to be time consuming. The challenge I've always had, and I've had, you know, every coach and every agent tell me, it doesn't matter that they've always had you blah, blah, blah. But there's just some clients that I, I can't release. Um, I've worked with their families for so long. And sometimes it's a faster process with me in the sense that I already know what to eliminate. Sometimes it's a matter of just, guys, I found your investment property. I'm sending you the paperwork. Um, So I do stay active in it. I I like to stay active in it because it lets me know what the market's doing and it lets me realistically coach my agents on the challenges they're having.
0: And you like it, I'm assuming, if you want to stay in it. (laughs) Because I think some agents actually maybe... Some agents love the selling process. Some mm-hmm. agents are like dying to get out of it, right? And that's why they that's part of their maybe their mission behind building a team is just to get the heck out of sales. Yeah, um, which right or neither right or wrong, I don't think it just depends what your what your goals are and how you see how you see your lifestyle fitting in with it all right.
1: Well, no, and that and it can be the limitation, right? For me is that I do love it. I love the challenge of the kitchen table. I thrive on it. I want it, and I'm, I have a very hard time giving it up. But I have learned as I'm growing my team, and if there's other people out there sort of growing their team, you do do start to love the um, challenges your agents are facing and that you can coach them through them. Because you can think, if you've sat there enough times, you've hit pretty much every scenario or know how to stick handle every scenario.
0: So what's that look like for you then on your team in terms of coaching them, helping them through the processes? Is that a lot of work? Because It's exhausting. What a lot of, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have that fear, right? About building a team is I don't, geez, I can't keep up with like I have my own things, and now I got to deal with five other people and all their yeah. issues that come up. Like that feels like a lot to take on. How do you it's manage? It's a
1: big, that? a big parenting task. And the one thing that I've been teaching myself just in the last sort of six months, and COVID sort of giving me the opportunity to do it, is to set times with them. Just like you would set, you know, your kids are online schooling and you're going to do homework from four to five. Well, that's what I do with my staff. If you have a list of things that you know you can't get through, put them in an email. Set up a Zoom time with me. Set up a call with me, and I'll whip through them with you. But calling me every five minutes, you know, throughout the day, having a handful of people doing that, you're not going to get quality information back from me. And I'm probably just going to stop answering the phone.
0: <laughs> How do you avoid that? If if is that something you look for, like in the in an onboarding process or in a in a recruiting standpoint? Like, is that are those? you kind of weed out people based on what that experience is going to be like?
1: Well, you do. But you also have to know if you have good admin staff, right? So I have incredible admin staff that can help with structures, right? With regards to layouts and templates for offers, that type of thing. So they shouldn't have to call me to say, um, where do I find that clause, right? Mm-hmm. They have staff in place that they can lean on for that.
0: How did you How did you build up that side of it, the admin side of it? Um, was that something that's just kind of evolved and you just kind of went with it. How, has it has it kind of progressed? Or was there any real plan behind that as you were building that out?
1: It started with trial and error, um, quite honestly. And then after you make a few mistakes, you know exactly what you want. And you you have personally have to know what your weaknesses are so you can hire for those weaknesses. And if you're not willing to admit those weaknesses or those pieces that you know someone could do better than you, then you shouldn't be hiring anyone because you're going to try to stick handle all the things they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done. Right. But it's uh it is a lot, you can learn a lot through just, you know, going through one bad experience for sure. Have you had yeah. any, like any, anyone's ones that stand out in the past? Like, have you had a lot of, or have you had a lot of turnover in your business or is it pretty much a lot of the same people staying around for a long time?
1: I I've been very fortunate. My agents stay touch wood. Um, I have great relationships with them. A uh, lot of trust, um, you know, a lot of long-term relationships there. We've had a couple of men um, initially, that went in different directions, um, like left real estate entirely. Um, Now we have four admin that are amazing. um, And, you know, we respect them, and we hope we never lose them.
0: What are the what are their roles specifically? How does that how do they divide up uh, tasks and and all that?
1: So we have one um, person that's in charge of all our marketing. Um, So she markets for all the agents on the team, plus the team's image. So that's social media marketing, print marketing, anything to push out a listing, anything to attract whatever the messages of the month. So if it's, oh, everyone knows we need to find houses to satisfy buyers, then that's the message she's working on. Or, you know, it's the highest mental crisis month of the year, how can we support our community in that? So the, she she's on top of all of that. And then, so that also leads her to track some of the agents' numbers because she's tracking through marketing what's working and what conversions are happening. Um, and then she is an assistant that does all of our client follow-up and lead generation follow-up. She's our inside sales rep. And then we have two women, um, a lead that does all the listings and all the client care. And she has a second that basically does all the push through paperwork on those listings.
0: So when you take a listing or somebody, a team takes a listing, all, all the long list of 100, 300 tasks that show up after that are mostly delegated to the to the team, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, it, it's funny because we have a lot of agents on our team who have never not worked for us, right? They've never been individual agents. And I always laugh because they they walk in and hand the folder that's been handed to them, like, highlighted, where to sign, what to fill in. They hand it back. Staging consults booked. Staging's booked. Painter's booked. Cleaner's booked. Flowers are delivered. Mugs are delivered. Like, the list of 42 items that have to happen when a listing comes in, they don't even worry. They're just like, done. <laughs>
0: It's pretty amazing, right? If you think about yourself starting out and maybe I, I think not on a team, um, no. not having that leverage, it's it's pretty incredible the amount of things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of, yeah, a lot of your agents probably, ours maybe aren't really aware about. Um, it's, it's, it's a great way to do the business if you just want to sell real estate. I think joining a team is probably the, I don't know why anyone, sh- everyone almost should join a team at the beginning in my opinion. Um, no, I wish I had a- joined
1: a team in the beginning for sure, but I don't know if I would have learned all the hard things that I did learn, but I wouldn't want someone to have to figure out some of these minute things that I figured out in the first two years of this business. I mean, you can join a team and it's like, well, Sarah does this because it's tried and tested and we've tried everything else. If someone has a better idea or a different idea, I'm always willing to try it, but it is nice to know. All you have to do is go get that listing, be true to your client, stay in communication with your client. And there's this huge safety net holding your listing up.
0: And they get to tap into that for, I mean, for free essentially. Obviously, there's yeah. a, there's a, it's free upfront when they do a deal. There's some sort of a split that happens, um, right? But it's they don't pay into it typically, or pay minimal into it at least. And yeah. it's, it's pretty cool way to do the business. Um, it's a great opportunity. I, I'm kind of boggled always by everyone who is against that model or against starting out in that model at least, because it's such an easy way to learn and grow um, well, in this and- business fast
1: it is and then beyond that my agents know if they're sitting in a listing appointment or they have a challenging listing appointment or a challenging buyer i'll partner them on it anytime if i think i can help somebody i'm there
0: um and and you know mindful of the fact that you do get pulled into those situations enough times i know throughout uh, the course of the week or day how do you actually monitor your schedule how do you or do you run with a pretty consistent schedule is it all over the place are you working 24 hours a day seven days a week I don't. I, I
1: so, Honestly, in the last two years, I almost have this panic feeling because I'm not working 24-7. And when you're an agent who works 24-7 or a person who's work used to working all the time, it is like this, like, how come I'm not like, how come I can go watch my kids skate right now? Like, it does get you a little bit panicked. Um, but I think with experience, you, you become so much more knowledgeable that the answers are so much quicker. Right. The extremes are so much less. Um, my team knows I, I always say to them, don't ever text me something ASAP um, unless you're in a car accident and you're dying or one of your children is a dying. I said, I can fix anything that is not death. So yeah. if you can keep that in the back of your mind, you can schedule your day from that pr- perspective. And that's how I do it. So my kids know that I'm usually there till about 930 in the morning. Um, And then I do a a good check in between 430 and six, just to make sure everyone's on track for the night. Um, And then I often go back out to work at least three to four nights a week.
0: Okay, awesome. So you have something fairly consistent there. And uh, you set the expectations by sounds of it with everyone in your in your world, which is a huge part of it. Um, Because if you don't set the expectations they are going to just they're going to wonder why you're not available and why you're you know, you have to teach people how to treat you. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, here. And, I mean,
1: well, even well. my my ten year old daughter will text me, and she'll say, "Mom, I know it's not, I know it's past nine thirty, but do you have a minute to answer this question?" Like, if a ten year old can get on my schedule and respect it and feel confident in it because she knows she's going to get an answer from me at a certain time, it's it sounds pretty intense, but it works really well.
0: Uh, what are some of the lessons, or or maybe there or maybe failures that have turned into into lessons over the you know your time? with the team and leading people. Anything stand out with that?
1: Well, I'd say lessons for myself where I wish I'd hired a min sooner. I wish I'd hired more a min sooner. I wish I'd given more power up sooner. (laughs) (laughs) And um, in saying all of that, I think it gives you the understanding that, People are, I think people are always scared to reach out and ask for help or hire that extra person, whether it's financially or just the lack of control, but the financial will come if you give up those minor jobs to someone who's going to execute them better than you.
0: You'll have more time to go do either, either pour back into the business in a, in a more effective way or, or, or just a different lifestyle, maybe with more time with family, et cetera. Right. Depending exactly. on what's, because- what's most support for you.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people aren't married to their spouse who's also an agent, like we are, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and that spouse will get annoyed, right? They're not. It's very hard. I watch my agents whose spouses aren't agents, and they're like, "What? What? You're leaving in the middle of our birthday dinner?" <laughs> right now, the nice—that's another advantage of having a team, right? Like we all cover each other all the time.
0: It's a huge advantage. Yeah. you can go. You can. It, you know, team members, yourself, others, they can take vacation probably yeah. and, and have some like have some sort of a business still happening, right? They don't have to go away for two weeks or a week or maybe longer and come back to just a dead pool of uh, or dead pipeline of business. Um, and that cute. that
1: was definitely one of the mistakes that I made early in my career was trying to hold on to everything. So I never could get away, I'd go on vacation. I'd be in the little business center doing multiple deals while my kids were on the beach. So if you can teach yourself that up front, you're way ahead.
0: And so, you know, what sort of advice would you have? A lot of people do struggle with um, leveraging it based on control or financial, like you said. Um, but you now you go back and you say, well, I, w- I would have done it sooner. I would have done it sooner. How do how do you, how does someone get over the hump for that? Or how do they, how can they convince themselves maybe that it is the right thing for them? I think people have a big fear of leverage or Um, you know, just not having control. So any advice on that?
1: I think if you look at something and go, I hate filling out this listing paperwork, or, you know, you're dreading it and you're making this pile on your desk of things you're supposed to get to, and you know, you're never going to get to them. That's enough leverage for someone to say, Hey, can I use these next six hours instead of filling out all this paperwork, calling 10 people and probably creating a deal that could pay for the person to do this paperwork. You, you have to commit and believe in yourself, but then you also can't just hire someone and sit back and kick your feet up, right? You have to use that new time to build your business.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you definitely, yeah, you, there's a little bit of a, a upfront training aspect to it, for sure, in order to get a lot more time back you know, yeah. once, once they're up and running.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's and- fear, right? You just have to get over the fear. And I think most agents... I hate to group us, but a lot of us work from a position of fear, right? It's Mm -hmm. what motivates us, excites us, um, but you have to use it properly.
0: Uh, What motivates you and excites you? That's maybe beyond fear. If there is any fear component to it, what what else is exciting? There's always fear. fear.
1: Um, The number one thing that motivates me is the challenge ahead of me. If someone says it can't be done or... um, you know, I had a broker that I absolutely adored very early in the game and he'd always coached me and he was an amazing coach, but he said, Oh, Sarah, that's, that's so far off for you. Like you'll never get there. That's a real challenge. And I'd be like, hello, I am going to do that. (laughs) I love that challenge of someone saying it can't be done. Right. Um, so many people in the past have said to me, you've got to be cautious of how relationship based your business is. You, you need to be a more marketed, you know, approach to your business to have that big banner name. Um, and I've always had a, a struggle with that. So I've gone against the grain on that. Um, but that's, again, I like that challenge in front of me, wherever there's a challenge, that's, that's what's going to motivate me to move forward.
0: Is there anything around that that you're working on now, like going forward to be a Like, is it, are you still wanting to be 77% relationship referral, repeat referral type business? Do you want to not, I'm sure you don't want to see that, that disappear amount of those deals go down, but percentage wise, maybe, are you looking at doing more new business at all?
1: I am. So I would love to jump into some pockets where I see, um, lack of leadership in the market. So if I feel like there's a pocket where I'm surprised that an agent hasn't picked it up based on the turnover rates, um, I would like to train some of my new agents to become little bubble masters of those pockets. So that's not going to be so relationship bound initially, but it will be relationship bound um, in the sense that we'll be reaching out to local businesses that we know in those areas to help us start developing that relationship level again. But that's going to take marketing money to start those bubbles.
0: And you mentioned the turnover rates. Is that something you look at uh, when you're looking at like getting into a neighborhood or, 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 or another market is, is it have to be a speci- like a specific number there or how do you analyze that?
1: Um, I analyze it based on the price points for the neighborhood. So if it is a low turnover rate, but I know that the values are sitting between a one and a half and two and a half million dollar uh, range, then it, it helps me cap what I'm going to spend on that area. Um, but I do look at the turnover rates all the time. I don't know how as an agent, if you're planning to farm an area, it's like, I hear so many agents go, oh, well, you do so well in, you know, the Orchard or Millcroft or whatever. And so they just, that's where they're going. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why do you think I'm there? What, what did I look at to get there, right? Um, I think agents have to go beyond looking at, oh, there's so many, you know, signs in this one area. Well, what's causing those signs? What are the external factors and the internal factors? Um, and if you're not looking at those long term to be able to know where your focus is going to go or where your money is going to go, it's very difficult.
0: Yeah, there's some areas that have a you know the price point's super attractive. Uh like a lot of probably in like downtown Toronto type areas where people don't really move very much.
1: Right. Um and South Oakville.
0: Yeah, like it's very you might want to go there, but it's really tough to build a business around that if there's not any sales or minimal yeah. sales happening, right? Price points yeah. might look super attractive, but you need to have sales. There needs to be turnover.
1: Well, no, and you got to look at how long does it take that higher price point. Okay, don't use today's market as an example, but how long does it normally take that higher price point versus that lower price point to sell? And how much work do you have to put in on each one, right? Is one five calls and you've got three offers? Is one 29 calls with a seller, eight meetings, you know, uh, $5,000 in marketing up front? Like those are the pieces you have to attribute when you're, the eye candy looks so exciting to be selling, you know, a three and a half million dollar Lakeshore property.
0: Those 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 types of price points listings, they take more typically um, more money, more more time, etc. up front. Right. To get the maybe there is a big payday at the end of it, but it's going to take a little more to get there. And, maybe and more
1: skill, right?
0: More skill. It might sit on the market longer. You might have to. You know, it's not, it's tough to build a business around that, at least at the start. Um, It is. You know, you want more, you want something turning over pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Because you need something to make your baseline.
0: Exactly. Baseline. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about, uh, we have uh, Marianne chiming in here saying hello to us, uh, your coach. I know. Um, How have you, developed some of these systems some of the you know day-to-day stuff focus around all this has coaching been a big part of that uh and absolutely
1: i I don't think i mean marianne gets on me for the systems all the time because that's my least strength (laughs) 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 i count on my uh relationships and the people i know that are good at building these systems to take over um so usually the way a system starts for me is just based on a problem If there's a problem in front of me, right? I look at how can I stop that problem from ever occurring again? And that's how the system develops. But I do use my admin to help me develop those systems because I'm not going to sit there and do it.
0: That was going to be my next question on that Yeah, too, is is who does that? Because maybe it's your, is it your idea a lot of times you see, or you maybe see it or, and and then, hey, something's going on here, but I don't have the time to fix this. Can you help support it or come up with a model that, that solves this?
1: Yeah, I usually say, here's the hole or here's the scab. This is what I don't like. This is what I want. Fill in the blanks.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of that, that probably over the last year, more so, maybe more so than ever, um, and just things happening differently, right? Have you found any, um, has it been struggles in the last year for you? Or, I mean, I know generally in the business, there was a month or two of, you know, people wondering what's going to go on and then just a flurry of.
1: I know. March of, and April was know. like, whoosh.
0: Have you, have, did you have to change much uh, f- throughout the last whatever it's been, nine months or so, uh, to keep we, things going? We
1: did because we are very heavily based on face to face contact, right? So we have very successful open houses, incredible uh, turnover of our clients at open houses, incredible events, right? That keeps us connected to our database on a mass scale. So all of our face-to-face contact points disappeared for us. And I went, oh my goodness, like how are we going to see all of our people that talk about us and refer us? Um, So um, we were fortunate to have a really good marketing manager that jumped a lot of our events to online events. Um, And then remember I told you my phone time massively went up? So instead of having those easy venues of open houses to connect with neighbors and clients showing up and looking, comparing their house, I had to do all of that via phone or zoom. So I had to make um, a really mindful choice of going, okay, if I was selling this house today and doing an open house, I know I would see these nine clients by Sunday, or I would have conversations with these 15 clients about this house by Sunday. And I had to purposely make those conversations happen.
0: I I, I think that, in the last year, if, if you're someone who's made the calls, stuck with it and not just sat at home and just submitted kind of to the, the fact that we can't talk to people, if, right. if you actually just found a way around that, and that's where you have to be able to pivot in, in different different ways throughout business, any business, real estate for sure as well, is it, it, people who really, I think, grew their business a lot over the last year were people making those calls and, and, and keeping in touch with people because most people probably were not doing that. Right. And so the opportunities in doing that a little more and, and possibly growing your business in a time where a lot of people might have had challenges.
1: No, I think it's it was scary. Right. We turtled lots of people turtled. Yeah. And um, the, the trick is you can't you can't turtle and help people. Right. So you got to step out of your shell and figure out how you can stay in touch with your clients um, and be again. I mean, people say all the time, but be purposeful about it. Right. You can't just hope that someone's going to call you that would have normally shown up at an open house. Or normally showing up at your Christmas event, right? We just we just massively shifted everything to make it safe online or distance. Like we got creative, and we're still getting extremely creative.
0: I I like your line there. You can't turtle, or you can't help. You can't turtle people. You can't turtle and still help people. No, you Um, can't. Obviously, helping people is a big driver for you. Uh, Is that is that like is that really what your your kind of day to day mission is? What you're doing is just the fact that you're helping people. well, financially, but you no, know, their, their lifestyle, their family and everything growing and, and moving on to different experiences. Is that is that part of the drive for you just helping people?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I people always say, Sarah, yes, you're always motivated. You're always, you know, seeking the next challenge. But it won't stop me from turning around and offering my hand to somebody. And I don't care how big or small the problem is, but I want to finish it for someone. So we have a very broad-based perspective in the sense that we took what I do daily, which is I want to be a support structure for my community, for my friends, for my family. Um, I mean, I'm the eldest of six kids. My siblings call me like their doctor, mental therapist, job coach, you name it. So that just became who I was in business, right? So I... I'm used to agents calling me for advice and, you know, sharing ideas. I'm used to my clients that run small businesses calling and having those conversations. And I'm used to moms calling me and just saying, how do you get on this Zoom call? Like, we (laughs) want to be a resource to our community for whatever they need. Because being in real estate is being in people's homes, being in people's lives. So you can't just talk about the brick and mortar.
0: Nice. I love that. Is there, (laughs) has there been, has there been challenges for you, like specifically in, in, like personally in the last year around how did you deal with that was it or did it did it affect you at all um just the fact that you know, I know having a team too and, and I thought about this for a bit too you have overhead you have uh you have people that you know at the start of the whole thing you're kind of like well the last thing you really want to do is talk about getting rid of any people but maybe you know who knows how, how did you deal with all that in the last uh last year or so
1: I think initially when it hit it was that that fear piece that we talk about right and I um I was fortunate because my business partner is my husband. So it's like we can slide back and forth talking life business all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's he's always the positive person. So he's like, Sarah, you know, your people, you know, your staff, as long as you're talking to them and communicating with them what the issues are ahead of us, you will find a solution. Um, For me, the initial piece was, wow, I just I can't be with people. That was like the hardest thing for me to get over was not being able to touch people not being able to communicate people even talking to people like this like it feels so weird because i can't look at the people i'm talking to and think oh you know i know what you need to do or i know what you need to do just by looking at them um that was the hardest piece for me and that's why i had to get so go back it was like going back to like first and second year and being all phone savvy
0: it's yeah it's it's changed a lot it's changed a lot i think um some for the better, some for the worse, uh, depending on on you know how uh how you run your business beforehand and whatnot. But um it's it's uh it's interesting. It's interesting. We always need to be aware of what's going on and pivoting and making uh making some moves. And ultimately, you know what I'm hearing you say is it comes down to communication and and people and and keeping there, keep being there for them, good right. or bad, and, and helping them through whatever's going on in their life and, and just talking to them. I love that you you knew the number, the minutes that you spent on the time. Uh, on the phone with people and you compared that, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting to see that's gone up almost four or five times. I think by the numbers you said, it right? has,
1: but to me, I was like, why are my days? Why is it getting to five 30? And I'm, I still haven't hit my list of things to do. And that's what made me trigger that. But I think that's what people need right now, right? Mm-hmm. They need to hear another voice. They need to hear what other people are going through. And they also need to hear a voice of reason. Like what is actually happening? How is it affecting us? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't, be, I can't be an expert on many things, but I can certainly be an expert on real estate in someone's community.
0: Which is a huge, huge, huge part of people's lives, right? It's, yeah. it's most people's biggest asset, So it's an important piece that, that they want to know information on. We, uh, we owe it to them to get, get ourselves out there and talk to them about this stuff.
1: Yeah, um, give them that financial stability, that security that they're looking for, right? Heck, my wife just lost my job, Sarah. What's my house worth? How long can I live off this house? Let me get you that answer. Yeah.
0: Mhm. And you know, thankfully if it's gone up a lot <laughs> in the last little bit for most people. Yeah. yeah. Um what uh what, uh what do you see coming in the future? Anything that you're uh excited about, worried about or what do you what do you foresee the uh you know going on in the industry over the next the next little while?
1: I, I'm I'm starting to get excited because I feel like there's a taste of in a lot of the neighborhoods I work in, the boomers are sitting on a number of homes that would normally be transitioning over. So an older crowd that's, you know, going, Sarah, it's too expensive for me to move into my downsizing product. Um, I don't want to make a financial up move um, or comfortable where we are. COVID's keeping us in our house. I finally feel like I've broken through to that crowd that sits on almost 60% of our inventory in our big neighborhoods um, in that they're going maybe this is the last spike I'm going to see for a while, right? So the financial like taste of this current market is starting to get to them. And I feel like that's the exciting piece that's coming up is that that inventory is going to start to grow and it's going to give us more opportunities for that forever family home as those boomers are less scared about moving into condos or downsizing properties based on the amount of money they can get for their house right now. That excites me.
0: Awesome. That's great. Uh, Great to know and uh, excited to see how that plays out um, over time here, over the next little while. I think, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully this year at some point there'll be some inventory for everyone to work with. Um, who knows? Depends where go they'll get look.
1: it. Just go get it.
0: <laughs> Good call. Go get it. I, I agree. I agree. Someone's going to get it at some point. So it exactly. might as well be you. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, it's been an interesting market. It's going to be interesting to watch as it keep, keeps growing here and um, interesting to watch you and your business grow. I think uh, you've done amazing stuff and, awesome to share this all with everyone today. I really appreciate you coming on. No um, problem. Anything else to, to share before we wrap it up?
1: I would just say, reach out to your clients. Don't wait till it's too late. People are moving very quick right now. And one thing I'm coaching my agents on is you think you talked to a client three days ago, talk to them again because right. it's too fast.
0: It's so yeah. Anything can happen. Like you could lose a job in a, in a day, and the everything changes. You never know, right? You got to be yeah. in touch constantly, constantly, or else you'll miss the scenario. If you're there constantly enough, then they're gonna remember you. But uh, exactly, you've got to do it more than people think for sure. I agree.
1: Absolutely, be the resource.
0: Awesome. Well. So many good points in here. I think there's some great, uh, great get, uh, takeaways for everyone. Really appreciate you and coming on here and sharing. Uh, it's no invaluable problem. for everyone. And uh, and hopefully there's some nuggets that people can take away and help grow their business. If someone wants to reach out to you about any of this stuff, or they want to talk about your team and what you're doing or, or joining your team, maybe, or anything like that, how can they do that?
1: Uh, you can reach me at Sarah at so just by first name, first name and last name.ca or teamlobe.ca and put in a request. Um, and pretty easy to get.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks so much again, Sarah. Uh, we will wrap it up there and I uh, will see everyone somewhere soon.
1: Thanks, thanks, Andy. Have a great day and have a good week. Too. Take care.